Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Evening Amnac with comedian Jamie Jackson. So, I think I'm becoming a wine mummy. I can see how that slippery slope appears. That turning into that kind of mum's net middle class alcoholic woman who chins half a bottle of white wine whilst cooking dinner. It's happening to me already. You see, my wife is away. She's still away in France. And while she's still away, I've just been keeping the household going. There's three kids here, two dogs, two cats. Got to feed them, got to walk them. Don't walk the cats. Uh, Washing up, doing lunches, doing dinners. You know, all that kind of stuff. I might have to do a, a food shop in, in in a while and uh, put a wash on and all those kind of things and do some hoovering because the place is looking a state. And I've also been working today. And when it came to cooking dinner, I actually got that, oh my God, I cannot face cooking dinner after just doing loads of other stuff today and, and also trying to do my job. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I've got beer in the fridge. And I poured a beer put some music on, and suddenly I was like, hang on a minute, I'm in a, a much better mood. It took the edge off. The booze took the edge off all of the domestic chores I had to do. And I, I had to stop myself having a second drink because I was like, oh, this is it. It's opening up. It's like I'm going to wait till like 6.30 and then my reward comes. Drinking in the evening. Can you see how it happens? So, yeah, I've got to knock that on the head. I'm not buying any more booze, even though there's some still loitering around. And now I'm thinking, see, booze, man, it edges its way into your life. It pretends to be your mate. And before you know it, you're drinking a bottle of wine a night and watching Bridget Jones 2 whilst eating some white Maltesers. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. And so I think that's what I've become, a wine mummy. Or I'm getting there. Or a, a lager daddy. I don't know, whatever you'd call me. Is there a dad's net? There must be a dad's net. Might start posting on there about noisy neighbours and, um, you know, uh, I don't know. What what else do people talk about on mum's net? There's some sex stuff on mum's net, isn't there? Isn't there? Wasn't there one article that went viral about how a, a bloke used to wash his dick after having sex with his wife, but he used to dunk it in a pint of water by their bed? I'm sure it was something like that. If you Google it, you'll find it. There's a few things on Mum's Net which which have worked their way out into the general populace and everyone's like, what the fuck? We've, I've also got a mate who's a little bit of a hysterical kind of mum type, outraged at everything. Won't people think of the children? And then says things like, well, as a father, so we call him Mum's Net, <laughs> which is uh, appropriate. I'm not saying all mothers who post on Mum's Net are winos, who uh, just spend their time doing domestic chores and um, drinking. But I'm sure there's a percentage of them. They're called middle-class mothers. Anyway, talking about parents, today when I wrote down the date at work, I thought to myself, why is this date familiar? You know, sometimes some things just... like, feel relevant. Uh, not just a number and then later on in the day my sister texted me and said seven years and I was like oh yes seven years ago seven years ago my dad died 
Now that is a fucking crazy ride watching a parent die. Uh, somebody who is ubiquitous in your life, who is there from the beginning and watched you, um, um, be birthed. Is that the right word? That's not the right word. Watch you get born. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and held you in your f- the first few seconds of your life and everything. To watch them die, it's a pretty rough deal. Now, me and my dad, we never really saw eye to eye. Um, insert obvious joke about him being taller than me. But uh, we kind of pieced together a, s- a semblance of a relationship um, bef- in the last few years. And what I would say is, I now understand him. I think I understand him. He was, sorry to get too dark, but we are talking about winos and booze. He was an, he was an alcoholic. And when you are an addict, you are a victim as much as a perpetrator. And it's, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird ride having an alcoholic parent. And um, I've done all of my processing of that and I'm I'm kind of fine with it now. And really what is left, stripped back, is just a man who came from a working class family who had a lot of dreams, achieved none of them, felt very bitter about it, wasn't able to feel gratitude for what he did have, spent a lot of time blaming other people because that's all he knew how to do and was taught what to do. Couldn't, um, would never do anything like therapy. Absolutely not. He's a working class Glaswegian man. He wouldn't fucking go to therapy. So what you do is you drink your troubles away like his uncles did, like his dad did, like his brothers did. And, you know, I think it's Voltaire who said men rarely rise above the times in which they live. And we are all products of our, our environment. And he, unfortunately, um, was was weighed down by by the people he, who, who surrounded him. And this is really what being working class is. I had an argument with my mate in Greece about this because he, he's very staunchly middle class, like, quite quite a wealthy family and it's all very nice and he was saying to somebody else oh yeah we're all from uni we're all middle class we would and I was like hold on a minute I'm not I'm not I'm not from a middle class family and he said well wait I've been to your house uh and it's nice so what are you talking about and I was like yeah it's nice it was tiny far too small for a family of four and it was rented and had rent control on it so the rent couldn't go up and that's how we managed to stay there it's like everything in my house was rented, even the fucking TV. We had a fucking, you know, special deal with Rumbelows. We didn't, but we should have. And uh, we had no money. My dad was a labourer. My mum worked in a shop. And uh, my dad grew up very working class and had a lot of working class traits. And one of them is, no, no, like, I know my place. Um, it's wrong for me to have ambition. It's wrong for me to have confidence. And that's really it. Forget all of these fucking football factory films and EastEnders and Guy Ritchie and all of that, which kind of fetishizes and glamorizes the working class in some way. It's it's more... Even um, uh, Gary Oldman's film, Nil by Mouth, which is a great and powerful film, even that was like a bit gangstery, a bit about guns, a bit about going inside, a bit about, you know, heroin and things. The the vast majority of working class people don't take drugs. They're not they're not alcoholic, they're not violent. They're just people who 
don't have the same opportunities and so remain in very mundane shop jobs and factory jobs and are kind of slowly suppressed by their surroundings. And it's actually, there's actually nothing particularly glamorous about it. It's not salt of the earth honourable. It's not special or different. It's just a tiny bit sad a lot of the time, really, to to, to understand that my dad did not have that kind of uh, encouragement to sort his head out and go to therapy because it's just what you would not do. He never had the encouragement to... Um, follow any of his artistic dreams he wanted to be an artist and go to art college and his parents at 15 said to him no you're going to work at the local factory and bring money into this fucking house and that's that's the working class attitude there who who the fuck are you to go and draw pictures what are you leonardo da vinci get in the fucking factory on the assembly line and, and do your do your fucking job you twat that's what it was he once said to uh, his mum how do I buy a house? And her response was, people like us don't buy houses. And that is really the, the, the working class attitude. It's a kind of self-suppression, a self-censorship, a, a playing it small. You know, I've got, I got £100 cash in my pocket. I'm down a pub with my mates getting pissed. Everything's lovely jubbly. It's that, it was that kind of thing. It was, there's no, it's not even working class done good and then you get pillars outside your house and go to the Costa del Sol. It was, it's actually quite a, a, a mundane and depressing existence in some ways. And I'm not being classist. That's the household I grew up in. That's the family I grew up in. We had fucking nothing. And I think that got to my dad a lot. And in his defence, you know, he didn't have the encouragement or guidance to help him dig his way out. And that's why education and mentors and people giving opportunities is, is great because my dad didn't face any opportunities. Anyway, look, it's not a fucking, it's not a class chat, but I just thought I would give you a, a little bit of a rundown of, of the man I'm talking about because it has been seven years today since he's passed away. God bless him. And um, it's just, it's frustrating for me that he never achieved what he he wanted to and he was a good writer as well and a good artist but those things it, it don't belong in the world of um laboring and hard drinking and you know it's just a shame this has been a longer than normal podcast but i've got a little bit whimsical about my dad i i just wanted to defend him in a way because I've said a lot of bad things about him because he was he he, he wasn't he wasn't necessarily a, a, a great father but he was also a victim and that's what you got to realize that's what you got to realize everybody is a victim to an extent and we normally get better by having help he didn't even have the internet you know to watch YouTube videos he didn't even have someone like Jordan Peterson saying stuff where you go oh hang on a minute you know, I can change my life. I can have responsibility. It was, it's all a bit of a shame. Uh, and uh, beneath all of it, he was a good man who was just... A, a lot of it was a victim of circumstance and addiction. Anyway, you live and you learn. And I think one of the points of life is to see what the generation before you did and try and improve on it. So uh, on that note, uh, I don't want to become a why no mummy. 
There we go. A call back to when this pod. If you're still here uh, at nearly 12 minutes in, thanks for listening. If you like the pod, share it about. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one.